Why do so many people serve heaven in a half-hearted, begrudging manner? They go through the motions, but they don't really mean it. Ask them, and they'll often tell you that they're not really sure about it. They have their doubts. So why do they do it? Welcome to the Transformative Daft. My name is Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Today we are on page 30 of Tractate Silbus, and we learn that doubt is essential to the human condition. But it's a tool of the Satan of the Eight Sahara to slow us down. The antidote is to become passionate and fired up about our Judaism. And that way we can overcome the games of the Satan. Yashikoach, thank you to Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Sterner, every my dear brother and sister-in-law, leaders of Congregation Taurus Emmas in Staten Island, New York, for dedicating today's transformative daf in honor of the birthdays of my father-in-law, Rabbi Ivry's father, Yosef David Ivry, and Sterner's mother, Mami Chava Atal of Netanya and France, as well as a schus, a merit for a refuah shalema for my dear in-laws, for Yosef David Ben Elisara, and for Joar Bat Miriam. May they have a complete and speedy recovery right now. Welcome to the Transformative Duff, and thank you for being my Chavrissa today. I'd like to begin with a story. At the hoary ages of 190, respectively, Hashem finally blesses Avraham and Sarah with a child. The patriarch and matriarch of our people are elated. Every day is filled with gratitude to the Almighty for the miracle bestowed upon them. And then one day... Hashem instructs Avraham to take Yitzchak and offer him up as a sacrifice. While the Torah presents Avraham's response as wholeheartedly ready and willing, the Midrash offers a more nuanced picture of the journey of father and son to Mount Moriah. Says the Midrash, The Satan appeared before Avraham on the road in the guise of an old man and asked, Where are you going? Avraham replied, To pray. And why, Sutton retorted, does one going to pray carry fire and a knife in his hands and wood on his shoulders? We may tarry there for several days, said Avraham, and slaughter an animal and cook it. The old man, the Satan, responded, that is not so, I was present. When the Holy One, blessed be he, ordered you to take your son. Why should an old man who begets a son at the age of a hundred destroy him? Have you not heard the parable of the man who destroyed his own possessions and then was forced to beg from others? If you believe that you will have another son, you are listening to the words of a seducer. And furthermore, if you destroy a soul, you will be held legally accountable for it. Avraham answered, It was not a seducer, but the Holy One, blessed be he, who told me what I must do, and I shall not listen to you. When the Satan realized that they would not pay any attention to him, he went ahead and created a river in their path. When Avraham stepped into the river, it reached his knees. He ordered the young men to follow him, and they did so. But in the middle of the river, the water reached his neck. Thereupon, Avram lifted his eyes heavenward and cried out, Master of the universe, you have chosen me. You have instructed me. You revealed yourself to me. You have declared I am one and you are one. And through you shall my name be made known in my world. You have ordered me, offer Yitzchak your son as a sacrifice. And I did not refuse. But now, as I am about to fulfill your command, these waters endanger my life. If either I or my son Yitzchak should drown, who will fulfill your decrees and who will proclaim the unity of your name? The Holy One, blessed be he, responded, Be assured that through you the unity of my name will be made known through the world. Thereupon the Holy One, blessed be he, rebuked the Satan, the river dried up, and they proceeded to fulfill their divine mission. Let's look at today's Gemara. 
Says the Gemara, everything is in the hands of heaven except for sickness due to cold or heat. As it says, cold and heat are in the path of the wayward. One who protects himself will keep his distance from them. Asks Tosfus, how do we reconcile this teaching, everything is in the hands of heaven except for cold or heat, with the Gemara in Brachas, which declares, everything is in the hands of heaven except for fear of heaven? The Imre Yosef of Spinka offers an esoteric resolution to the apparent contradiction. He explains that regarding everything that we do in life, we have two choices, hot or cold. Our approach to mitzvahs must be hot. Our approach to transgressions must be cold. There's no in-between, either we're all in or all out. Remember the game of hot and cold that you played as a child? When you were getting closer to the goal, the others said warmer, warmer, and when you strayed, they cried colder, colder. That's a metaphor for life. The warmer and more passionate you are about your Judaism, the closer you become to your goal here on earth. The cooler you become, the more you distance yourself from accomplishing your divine mission. When the children of Israel were leaving Egypt, they were on a high. Millions of people, men, women, and children had just walked free from the world's superpower. The world's greatest armies were awestruck and terrified of this nascent nation. But then one nation decided to attack. The Torah tells us that Amalek was karachabaderech, encountered you along the way. Our sages, however, teach that the word karacha is derived from the word kar, meaning cold. The verse should be understood to mean that Amalek cooled you down, karacha. And our sages offer the following parable. One day, the public bath was so hot that nobody was prepared to enter. One fellow decided to give it a go. Sure enough, he was burnt by the scalding waters. Nevertheless, once he'd entered, his body temperature cooled the waters down sufficiently to allow others to enter. That's what happened when Amalek attacked us. Until then, we were on fire. Nothing could stop our march forth to Sinai and on the way to the Promised Land. But then, the Amalekites ambushed us. They may have lost the battle, but they cooled down our passion and vigor. We no longer felt invincible, and we were now prone to attacks by other armed forces, as well as by our own personal and national feelings of self-doubt. The Hasidic masters offer a powerful insight about the power of hot and cold based on the law in the Gemara about snakes and scorpions. If one is in the midst of one's Shemona Estrei and a snake wraps itself around his leg, what does he do? The Gemara teaches that one should not interrupt his davening. If it was a scorpion, qualifies Rav Sheshis, one should interrupt. Rashi explains that scorpions sting more readily than snake bites, and perhaps on a literal level, our sages knew that the response to a snake is to stay still and let it depart of its own accord, as reacting to its presence might provoke it to bite. But on a deeper level, the Sfas Emes explains that a snake bite is hot, while a scorpion bite is cold. In fact, the two middle letters of the Hebrew word for scorpion, akrav, akuf, and resh, spelling kar, demonstrating that already built into the very word for scorpion is its depiction as a cold animal. When you are beset by a sting of coldness in the midst of your divine service, you need to put things on pause, interrupt whatever you're doing, and snap out of your coolness. That's the power of Amalek that has taken hold. As long as you constantly remember that you control the heat and the cold, you can live a life of passion and enthusiasm. Sadly, when it comes to serving Hashem, many people go through the motions without passion. Ask them why everything is so cold and half-baked, and they'll tell you they're just not sure about it all. They can't get passionate about their Judaism because they're filled with doubts. But here's the secret. 
the gematria, the numerical value of Amalek, is the same as the word safek, meaning doubt. Religious doubts derive from the spiritual source of Amalek, the one who cooled us down. Why is that so? Because doubt is the greatest tool of the Sahara. It's not so simple for the Satan to ask us to walk away from our fulfillment of the Torah's commands. But what he can do is sow seeds of doubt. When that happens, rather than neglecting our performance of mitzvahs, we do things half-heartedly. And when we're doing things without passion, we take much longer and ultimately fail to achieve our full potential here on earth. The Satan has no favorites, mind you. Even Avraham Avinu's clarity was tested. Listen to the way our sages describe Avraham's conversation with the Sahara. Did it make any sense to pray with wood and fire? Why would Hashem have given him a son only to take him away, and even once he had overpowered the internal thoughts? The Satan didn't leave him be. He appeared as a river to stop him. Avram might well then have thought, perhaps external circumstances are impeding my ability to do God's bidding. Maybe I should just turn back now. After all, these obstacles are beyond my control. How did Avraham respond to his internal challenger? To the challenge against the fire? To being cooled down by the water? Did he plod along and do Hashem's bidding half-heartedly? No, he jumped out of bed early in the morning, set out with enthusiasm. Any seed of doubt that the Sutton attempted to sow only made him get fired up on all cylinders. That's how we overcome the efforts of the Sahara. Anytime he attempts to have us doubt our service of heaven, we need to become even more passionate and fired up. Doubting is an essential part of the human experience. Where many of us go wrong is that we use our doubt as an excuse to serve Hashem half-heartedly. Always remember that you have the power over heat and cold in your life. May you forever serve Hashem with passion, wishing you a transformative day. Thank you for tuning into the Transformative Duff Podcast with Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Whether you've been doing Duff Yomi for years or you're not quite ready to commit but want to be part of the Duff Yomi global movement, there's something in the Transformative Duff for everyone. It's about joining the conversation. It's about talking over the Duff with your family, your friends, your colleagues. It means never being short of a discussion starter or a meaningful Dvar Torah. Every page of the Gemara, every word, every letter contains the secrets of the universe. To achieving a life of simcha and purpose, transform your life today. The Transformative Daf is published by Mosaica Press and available at all good Jewish bookstores and online from mosaicapress.com. Thank you, The Transformative Daf.